Hello, and welcome to another episode of Clark Hill's Credit Ego To Go, uh, Curbside Thought Leadership for Financial Services. My name is Joanne Needleman, and I am a partner at Clark Hill, as well as a member of the firm's banking and financial services practice group. Today, I'm very fortunate to be joined by Michael Flores, CEO of Brenton Woods, specialty management advisory and research firm that services the that serving the financial services industry. Michael brings over 30 years of financial services experience with focus on loan and deposit operations, commercial deposit and cash management product strategies, alternative financial services, overdraft protection programs, payment systems, and process improvement and reengineering through enabling technologies. He has conducted research on controversial issues and written white papers and testified before both houses of Congress regarding short-term lending, low dollar consumer credit options, overdrafts, and prepaid cards. Currently, Michael and his firm are putting together an expansive cannabis banking survey in order to provide context and real world, real world data about the challenges and potentially the opportunities to bank cannabis. Michael, I'm so honored to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Well, Joanne, thank you very much for the opportunity. I think it's uh, inter certainly interesting times we're, li we're living in, to say the least. Uh, yes, I, I think that's the understatement of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you and I thankfully met a couple months ago because we both uh, see the difficulties that legitimate and legal businesses um, who sell cannabis in states where it is legal can have the most basic banking services. And to me, that's almost criminal because you, you and I both know and you and I both saw Hamilton, banking is very important. <laughs> And it serves communities. And these are, as we say, legitimate businesses that are serving the communities. Uh, states have said that they are, and in some situations, essential, even during this pandemic. And it's really a shame that they have to still um, be in somewhat of a black market in order to, to do their business. And so I think that your, your research is gonna be so important. Let's talk about the survey that you're doing, why you put it together and what you hope you want to accomplish uh, with this data. Thanks, Joanne. Uh, when I taught at the Pacific Coast Banking School for the last 10 years, uh, probably five years ago, started having some of the students from credit unions and some banks talk about cannabis banking. And they were relating real world issues with their clients, the, the risk of, of dealing in a totally cash environment the inhibitions that they had because of the disparity between federal and state regulations to offer a full range of, of banking services. So it, it piqued my interest and I started looking into it in, in more detail. And as when we met and the group of us with uh, the Emerging Markets Coalition uh, said, what needs to be done to expand this? Well, I think we're in sort of the perfect storm right now between uh, loss of state revenues uh, because of the pandemic and the economic turndown, risk to banks, and I can't stress this strongly enough that particularly community banks, their commercial real estate portfolios are at significant risk. Uh, the 
hospitality loans, hotels, restaurants, uh, other commercial real estate loans, uh, they're going to see some significant underperformance of those loans. And I, I think uh, we're going to have a, a tremendous problem and banks are going to be looking for new revenue sources going forward. As a matter of fact, I think it was in the Time, New York Times today, there was an article about landlords who are, who are going to be suffering because companies are going to be looking at, do we really need all this office space? Because in a lot of cases, working virtually uh, has worked out for them. It's efficient. It's not for everybody, but I think you're, this is an indication that uh, those who are financing, and particularly community banks that rely on, on commercial real estate, uh, need to prepare themselves for this potential downturn. To get to your specific question on, on the survey, I really wanted to understand from those banks that are offering, those banks and credit unions that are offering the service, what their thoughts are, what types of services are they offering, and in particular, what are the issues around the cost associated with offering those services. Uh, of, of the responses I've received thus far, it, it's averaging about $10,000 a year per cannabis customer. Some are higher. And so you can see why those CRBs that do have banking relationships are getting service charges in the 750 to 1000 to, uh, to close to $1,500 a month. And they're, 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 it, it's not the bank making a lot of money off them. The bank is trying just to recover their direct compliance costs. Uh, dealing with this. Uh, so that was one. Uh, two, I wanted to see what banks who weren't offering it or primarily operating in states where it wasn't state legal yet, what their thoughts were if it became legal at the federal and state level. And I was very surprised to be honest with you. Uh, I saw 60% of the banks that said we don't offer it said we are going to, we would consider offering it. Uh, other 20% were currently offering it. So that left 20% that just said flat no, which to me was surprising because there are banks in, in very conservative parts of this country that I would have assumed would just said, no, I'm not going to consider this at all. Anecdotally, I uh, had a client that I've worked with for a number of years in the agricultural region of Southeast Georgia. Uh, a lot of your uh, listeners may recognize the term Vidalia onions, the sweet onions. <laughs> well, that is an extraordinarily conservative part of the country. Yes. And uh, spoke with a CEO of a bank there and said, the farmers are ready. Uh, they had to migrate over the decades from tobacco to onions and they needed to diversify and cannabis is something they'd be more than willing to look at. So if their customers are willing to look at it, and the bank is, much, is obviously very willing to look at it, to me that says, once we just need to get over that federal state issue that we're dealing with right now. Right, right. You know, um, the HEROES Act, which is the house version of the uh, uh, of the COVID stimulus package included the Safe Banking Act uh, proposals that had already been passed, I believe, in the House. 
that are still being uh, debated in the Senate. In the recent GOP package, it did not include the Safe Banking Act. Uh, so we still are at this crossroads of trying to get Congress, uh, and certainly at this point, the Senate to understand why the Safe Banking Act is at, least, is at most a first step. Uh, there's still a lot more that needs to be done. Once you put this survey together, what are you, what are you gonna do with it? How, how are you gonna use it to, to, to change attitudes and to cross that divide where we can get some federal relief so that states can uh, bank this without such overbearing compliance costs and also you know, helping alleviate the impact of these costs upon small businesses because that's what they are. That's right. I think it needs to be ultimately a grassroots effort. So this will be one tool that states can use, and I'm thinking primarily of state banking associations, mm -hmm. can take this and disseminate it to their members. Uh, we, we can also look at, from a, a media perspective, uh, at various municipalities and states to present this information, have articles, perhaps even interviews that, that discuss this because it is, right now, I don't think we're gonna see anything during this silly season until November. Uh, but, but after that, it really becomes a dollars and cents issue. And, and you could, I, I think you, know, you need to get over uh, some of the, the moralistic concerns because if you still look at tobacco and alcohol, uh, then once it's regulated, and I understand some of the concerns from some of the GOP members of wanting to know strengths and testing and things of that nature, and that, that just is, is logical. I, I, have no, I take no issues with that. Uh, but again, we need to look at creating a grassroots bottom-up effort to get the attentions of the members of Congress. I think that's right. Um, what more, once the survey is done, well, let me back up a second. Who are you looking, who would you want to look at the survey and respond to it? I want both banks that currently offer cannabis related services uh, and also banks that do not. I want to take a a split and, and, and compare and contrast the responses. Uh, what are the concerns of those that are actually dealing with these customers? Compare those to the concerns of those that, that are not, the perceived concerns then, and then say, how do we bridge this gap? How do we educate? There are concerns from those that aren't offering it. And those, some of the concerns are real, and here's how banks are addressing that. Others are, are, are not, and, and this is how we address that and, and put that to rest, that that really shouldn't be a concern. So I'm also looking for banks, obviously different regions of the country, and some of the responses I've gotten right now, I, I do cover uh, a good part of the country. I just need more volume to make it more statistically valid uh, as, as we go forward. And again, it's just not banks, it's credit unions as well. That was my next question. Would you want credit unions? You know, one of the um, 
in addition to, to banking, having banking relationships, it's been really difficult in the cannabis uh, industry to accept, you know, electronic payments, credit cards. Uh, Visa, MasterCard, Discover, American Express, you know, they are not, uh, you know, involved in this discussion at all. How do we get them involved? Will, will, will they come over once we have a general sense that the banking can be done? Will it be easy for them to step into this environment or do we still need to be looking to them as looking to those uh, processors as well? I, I, well, the processors are critical. You need to have uh, access to the payment system. Uh, right. You need to be able to get away from the cash. And the processors uh, being public companies, they're not going to take the risk until it's descheduled and, and right. we get consistency between right. federal and state. Uh, it's just from, from uh, their perspective, uh, uh, they, they have to be conservative in, in dealing with this. I agree. Um, one last question. So assuming we can get the survey done, which I know that we will, and we can start having a more productive conversation um, in 2021 uh, about cannabis banking, because there's gonna be, right now is there's 34 states where it's legal in some form. Um, I suspect there's going to be more. Um, what are the post-pandemic opportunities uh, that banks can see from, from looking into this industry? One is going to be a way to streamline the compliance issues. Right. There are companies out there right now that are developing systems from POS to inventory management uh, all the way through that can inter integrate with banking systems so they, the banks can assure themselves of uh, the supply coming in, building the inventory within these businesses is legitimate. Uh, the, the revenues versus the cost. Uh, so we need, really need to take a look at the technology enablers uh, to, to make this thing work effectively. The technology is out there. It, it, and you've got some terrific young companies uh, that are building it for the cannabis businesses. And for those that, are, that do have banking relationships, they are discussing the interface slash integration potential with the bank's core systems. So that in, in one sense will assist in controlling these compliance costs. Artificial intelligence is, is a, a huge issue in terms of compliance and not only just for cannabis related businesses, but any business that a bank wants to do with a new client and uh, the KYC to know your customer, yeah. uh, have, having AI out there that can assist in doing various validation points along the way that say, yes, this is a legitimate business or no, here are the flags that you need to investigate further. Again, that will get to creating a much more efficient and streamlined process and therefore driving the cost down. I have to think for banks and especially, you know, states, banks are businesses as part of a state, ensuring that uh, they can continue to do business, they can continue to pay taxes, uh, they can continue to, you know, fund uh, businesses in their communities 
states, I think, would be very interested in ensuring that there is a streamlined system in how to bank uh, CRBs. I, I, you know, and I, and especially from a tax revenue basis, I would think they would be very interested. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, sales tax is the number one, the ability to track and, and validate uh, that. Uh, but also, you've got to look at uh, real estate taxes. Uh, for those businesses that need storefronts, that need facilities, uh, you need to get them out from this gray area. Landlords need to be able to, as I mentioned earlier about commercial real estate, <clears throat> landlords need to find some other options for existing inventory that's out there. Right. And I'm not saying just because of the virtual work environment, which a lot will stick, but also the fact is we've got a tremendous number of companies that aren't going to reopen. Uh, Yelp, the last numbers I saw from Yelp were close to 40% of the businesses that are closed now are not, or restaurants that are closed now are not going to reopen. Uh, you've got here, here in, in New York where I am, uh, Danny Myers who has a wonderful uh, string of restaurants, uh, some very high-end uh, fine dining as well as Shake Shack, a great burger place. Mm -hmm. He's going to, he's really struggling in terms of how can he reopen? He's got significant rent obligations. Uh, for his restaurants in Manhattan. And yet, even with a 50% occupancy, historically, restaurants operate under such thin margins, they have to work on volume, that even those that are well-capitalized and well-established are going to have difficulty making it in, in this new environment. So, yes, we, we've got to, uh, the banks need to find new outlets. The states need to find ways that existing inventory uh, that landlords have can, can be utilized going forward. Uh, sent you a while back a chart of the projected losses of state revenue. Right. And there's not one state that's not showing a loss. I mean, it is significant. That's right, that's right. And even, e even the, the stimulus that's being proposed now is, is not even gonna scratch the surface of what states are gonna need as far as uh, tax, tax revenue. And this no, is obviously, no. uh, you know, a, an opportunity. And I think it's going to, unfortunately, it, it, it's going to take a pandemic and a crisis like this uh, to, to, to have uh, politicians, state houses, have the political will to move this forward. I know that there is a lot of moral objections about cannabis, but obviously with 34 states uh, making it legal, uh, some of those objections are, are going away. And it would be interesting to see a state like Texas uh, that where cannabis is not legal in any form, whether it be medical or adult, adult use. But that's a really big state that, that has no income tax, um, but has state taxes. Right. And I have to think that their state tax <laughs> took a major hit in the last several months. So really uh, fascinating, Michael. Where can... Um, our listeners find your uh, link to the survey? Uh, it'll be on my website, uh, breton-woods.com. That's B-R-E-T-T-O-N hyphen woods.com. I will have a, a link to it there. And uh, it's very easy. It's 26 questions. Should, shouldn't take more than 10 or 15 minutes to fill out. Uh, the only time consuming may be 
uh, trying to figure out what your costs are, your compliance related costs are. And I'm not looking to, to foot this down to the penny. Uh, uh, an educated estimate uh, works for us. That's great. And we will also uh, have a link to Michael's survey uh, on my bio page uh, at clarkhill.com and on my LinkedIn page when we um, promote uh, this particular webinar. Michael, I can't thank you enough. This is such a great discussion and uh, I hope we, you can come back and we can talk about the survey results uh, and look at our next steps uh, on how to move this um, this process forward. So I appreciate you coming onto the podcast. Before I let you go, uh, at Credit Eco to Go, we um, we ask uh, two things from our guests. It's not enough that you come on and we talk about maybe complicated <laughs> right. financial services issues. We got to put some levity into uh, into the show. So I, I my, thought I almost dodged this bullet. Yeah, you almost <laughs> did. I know you're, you're not that lucky. So um, in keeping it with our to go theme, I ask all of our guests uh, to tell us about a favorite takeout experience that you had while sheltering in place. Now, you live in one of the greatest cities in the world, one of the best restaurant cities by far in the world. And I know that that's been challenging um, in Manhattan, but you must have a great to-go experience that you can share with us. Well, I do. And it's not so much that, that it's humorous, but what it, it struck me is that obviously New Yorkers have a reputations sometimes well-earned of, of not caring. Uh, but uh, the building that I live in, uh, the people on their own volition have, have ordered takeout for our staff. So oh, that's terrific. they that's wouldn't terrific. have to go out. I mean, the, 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 the kindness that's been exhibited uh, to the staff in the building, even to the point of we've had uh, a couple empty units, and uh, we let uh, some of the staff stay here for the, the duration of the pandemic so they wouldn't have to use the subways to get out to the outer boroughs uh, where they lived. I, I, it's certainly optional to them, but I think those that took us up on it were very appreciative. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's uh, a, a great restaurant town, and unfortunately, a lot of them. Uh, Aren't, aren't open even for takeout uh, at this point in time. We're starting to see it open up a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the outside, the streets look very strange now. They've got tents everywhere because we're doing outside dining. And so you've got planters taking up all the parking spaces, tables outside under, under tents. And that's how they're struggling to, to make, it, make it work. Yeah, there's a lot of creativity going on right now in the restaurant industry. But Michael, that is that is such a great story. Uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing that with us. Uh, one last thing, in consideration of your time and coming on to Credit Eco to Go, we would like to make a small donation on your behalf to a local charity or a local food bank that is helping um, people in your region affected by the pandemic, either through job loss or, or, or for whatever reason. And I, and I want to know if you have an organization that you'd like to identify. Well, I do. I, uh, I'm on the advisory board of the Greenwich Village Chelsea Chamber of Commerce, and they have gone out of their way to assist small businesses uh, in these neighborhoods. So obviously, 
in uh, Chelsea and Greenwich Village, you have a large number of independent uh, mom and pop style restaurants, some that have been here for generations. And they are doing their level best to assist, to gather donations, to disseminate uh, among those that are hardest hit. Uh, So I think from a overall perspective, uh, they're doing a, a, a great bit for the community. Well, we are happy. That's a wonderful choice. And we are happy uh, to make that donation uh, on your behalf. So again, Michael, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. And thank you to our listeners um, uh, for for tuning in again to Credit Eco to Go. More information about uh, this podcast or future podcasts, please go to my bio page at carkill.com or to my LinkedIn page. All episodes of Credit Eco to Go can be found on Buzzsprout and Spotify. And as we mentioned before, uh, a link to Michael's uh, cannabis banking survey will be on uh, those pages as well. If you would like to be a guest on the show or have ideas for future show topics, please email us at creditecotogo at clarkhill.com. Thank you, be well, and stay safe. This podcast is intended for general education and informational purposes only and should not be regarded as either legal advice or a legal opinion. You should not act upon or use this publication or any of its contents for any specific situation. Recipients are cautioned to obtain legal advice from their legal counsel with respect to any decision or course of action contemplated in a specific situation. Clark Hill PLC and its attorneys provide legal advice only after establishing an attorney-client relationship through a written attorney-client engagement agreement. This recording does not establish an attorney-client relationship with any recipient.